I'm gonna I'm gonna speak now and I'll see if my levels are Oh, they're moving. We're off to the races, I think. Yes. We're good to go. He said races, by the way, not racists, because we've had that we've had that issue before, me and him. <laughs> We're off to visit the racists. We're off to the racists. We're off to the racists. And then oh, the Johnsons. <laughs> And being Irish, that's it's. I mean, there's a lot of races around you can find rather easily. I would say. Yeah, ah, but look, it's it's diet racism, as as they say at home. You know, they don't mean to like. It's not, you know, outward, you know, you know, venomous discrimination. It's just kind of like, I don't like you because you're that kind of person. <laughs> yeah, it's not venomous discrimination. It's just a regular, the light yeah, kind, the diet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a fantastic um, college humor video called Diet Racism. It's re- I like it. It's really on on the nose of people like making excuses. They're like, I'm not racist, but and it's built around that entire that just that entire idea. If you have to say but after that sentence, you're in big trouble, and you've got a big butt. Dad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and this is basically our way of saying welcome to uh, episode oh, yeah. one of I understood that reference our pop culture and, and movie podcast nothing about racism. Yes, thankfully that's true. We could be offending people actually, but we're just completely oblivious to the ab- oblivious oblivious to the fact is what I meant. I to do say. have this podcast marked as explicit, <laughs> just in case that does happen. So <laughs> yeah, and I don't think Apple Podcast has a racist tag as well. So it's just like it's all or nothing when it comes to their filtering system. So listen at your own risk. Anyway, Rob, <laughs> how are you? That's enough of the word racism used in our podcast for now. <laughs> Off to the racists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh look uh, as you can probably tell i'm doing well all things considered just tipping into my we were, we were chatting about our beer choices earlier just before we we started recording i'm on a wiper and true it's a lovely little uh i believe it's 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 in where is it made somewhere in the uk anyway but it's it's a kaleidoscope pale ale is what they call it lovely and light and fresh ideal when you're tired on a wednesday evening that's what i will say how are you buddy what, what a kaleidoscope beer sounds really good. It sounds like a mixture of a variety of different IPAs or ales or something, doesn't it? It's like a, a taste sensation. You could say, and to, to their credit, like they have a very clean can and they even give you a little bit of a descriptor. So it's a Bristol beer. And I suppose this is kind of leaning into this whole kaleidoscope as a, as a as sort of a marriage of maybe Manny because it says uh, the flavours are a trio of hops. Yeah. So like with different seasons, you're getting some Citra, some Simcoe and some Mosaic. I guess they're the different hops. So there you go. Kaleidoscope, baby. Although the beer is just a plain old yellow. So not much of a colour fun situation going on there. But I can only hope for so much, I think, at this point. Um, I'm drinking, a like I was the last few times, a Weights and Measures. It's from Galway Bay Brewery. And it's it's excellent. Really, really delicious. And it's not hugely strong. It's like 3%. So you can have a few of them without being... Completely goose. Yeah, you could actually enjoy the beer. Yeah, this is 4.2. So very mild and... On the craft side of things, some man, some of those, I, I you kind of sleep on how the fact that some of those are very strong. Those bloody signature, uh, what were they, the styluses? They're a cozy six percent, and you and I was like, I'd have three of those, and I'm here flatlining, going, Jesus, what's after happening here? <laughs> flatlining. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon trying to like outlast you in, the, you know what I mean? As he dies, not Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland trying to like outlast <laughs> you and how long he can die, you know? <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon versus Kiefer Sutherland. Maybe that's a movie fight we can get to another day. I I don't even say, yeah, it doesn't even have to be movie fights. Just actually just Kevin them Bacon fighting. fighting Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, man. 
Right, well, I'm glad to hear you're good, Rob. Uh, I'm good yes. too, and hopefully everybody listening is also well, and we're you know, keeping, keeping keep it together in yeah. the middle of this but, shit. You know, but with a bit of distance. Together, but, you know, distancing. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because I was potentially passing some very, very bad messages around. <laughs> right, shall we just jump on in then, Rob? Do you, wanna, do you have any news, or what should we start with? Um, I mean, let's just straight up top start with... It's the biggest movie news we're probably going to get for the year, given the fact that nothing new will be released. But this is an announcement that I cannot believe is real. And, you know, we've we've mentioned this before. Uh, many movie outlets would have. But as you remember, uh, Ross, uh, three years ago, a movie was, was released in late 2017. A divisive piece, you could argue. Uh, <laughs> a divisive piece? You mean a yeah. divisive piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just to throw my cards on the table. And the divisive part was whether people found it loathing or just purely abysmal, I guess, is, is, the, is the language here. But yes, Justice League was released. And after it was met with uh, appalling reviews, um, people clamored oh, en masse for the release of Zack Snyder's uh, version because they claimed that that was not what they were promised by Zack. Zack was like, I've got a story for you guys. You just didn't get to see it today. And <laughs> sure enough, three years on, and with an announcement for a 2021 release, we're getting Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max. What do you make of that? This this whole thing is just baffling. Here we Absolutely go. <laughs> baffling to me. Because, like, if you imagine somebody doing two shit films, then the third one being released, that's really shit, but shit in a different way. And everybody just goes, no, no, I don't want this shit. I want the third version of that other shit I watched. The third now, version. The third version. There you go. Nice. <laughs> like people are going to go. Okay, let's put like fifty. Was it twenty to forty million in reshoots yeah. and like dialogue? I like. Put, put, come on, guys. Like, Batman versus Superman isn't a good film. No. Nope. As much as we have said about Man of Steel and how much we like the music, it's like there's like thirty minutes of a great film in there and what two and a half hours of a shit film in there. Like it, the the movie is suffers from that classic case of the the initial world building and kind of the style is very exciting at the very start and then from about half an hour onwards it just gets progressively worse and then falls into the lazy big budget tropes of a CG vest and everything. This is Man of Steel we're talking about specifically. Man of Teal, <laughs> he's just like a certain <laughs> color. Back yeah. to the racism. <laughs> <laughs> I stand for truth, justice, and the American way. A very specific American way, mind you. Yeah, yeah. We don't take kindly to your non-superhero types around here. What do you make of this, by the way? I, I don't know. I, I think I kept asking myself the question. So this, 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 like, obviously they announced this, and I'm, I'm kind of trying to track back, at, you know, not just on the DC Extended Universe, which, you know, if the starting point was the Man of Steel, and that was the, you know, that was the, the peak of that, it's just gone downhill. I was like, well, maybe what other credentials does he have to justify all this fanfare? Like, what, what else has Zack Snyder done? Like, is he a good director? Just, you know, outside of uh, all this DC stuff and, like, you know, the ambitious projects he's taken on. And, you know, I, I did a bit of research and went back, and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> he's not good. I, okay. <laughs> a carte blanche no might be a bit harsh. I think he's got a very distinct style he he's not good at drifting outside that without the movie losing its way. So that means that certain movies really suit his style. 300 being a great example. And like, that's 
oh my god is that is that his ballpark and he owns that graphic novel space it's ambitious it looks fantastic it is entertaining because that's it but you know it leverages the you know the graphic novel exactly literally panel for panel so by just recreating it in a movie you get a pretty you know that's a solid hit but expanding that beyond that i don't know that's where i think the trouble is so so Zack Schneider this is how his films work your brain when you recollect them makes it seem better than the film actually is <laughs> so when i think of man of steel i'm like it's full of like hope and you know virtue and all this but when i watch the film it's not when i think of 300 i'm like it's full of all this cool action and like heroes standing up i watch the film it's again it's not full of that it's full of stupid boring talks in like political spheres and stuff it's just all his films are like that they're better in your memory because he started out as a music video director so he's able to direct short scenes really really well that convey a really striking message but he can't put together this whole long-winded story he just can't join it together i'm joining my hands together right now people can't Mm, see that i can see you but that you can see me, Rob. People can't. But I'm joining my hands together in emotion that well he can't do with his films. Yeah, it's it's weird. And I think <laughs> what's remarkable about the whole, like, I think we can get into some of the nitty gritty of the production now. But I went as well because this is the this is the big news. So people were, I guess, people are wondering, kind of, you know, at what point does the 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 version that we originally got, the Justice League we got, you know, where does the Zack Snyder stuff end and where does Joss Whedon begin? And I guess the complaint was that it was such a mash of both of their styles and like whatever Josh could or Josh could fit in in the time he had left to like, you know, direct and, and sort of rewrite some of the scenes and get them edited and get them CG'd. You know, where's where do you draw the line there? As it turns out, you know, because of the tone that people didn't like, he was actually brought in quite early to rewrite a lot of the stuff. So remember, like you had Man of Steel, people were like, oh, OK, you know, interesting. Maybe they can build on it. People did not like Batman vs Superman when it came out, but then <laughs> the next week after it came out was when they had to start shooting Justice League, and they started doing it. But then the the reaction from Batman and Superman meant, oh no, we can't, we cannot continue this way. So he was brought on pretty early in the process to help with rewrites. He was only brought in as the sort of the assistant director, the second director, you know, far later on. Rob was when... doing quotation marks there, by the way. Again, people can't see that. But oh I yeah, why did I do that? I did that for me, I guess. <laughs> For me, for my benefit. For, for you, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm doing. You know where I'm going with it. But, you know, so like, it's actually, a, this is from, the version we got is a real mash of Joss and Zach from, I would argue, pretty early on. But <laughs> this cut that we're now going to get is apparently bordering on four hours and features the, and like, which includes like, apparently, you know, 40 minutes that was completely unused and untouched from, you know, the one that we saw and you know obviously the, the what we did get was you know tweaked and uh, like uh, apparently the reason this is only taking 20 to 40 to to redo is because that was pretty much finished before they just tabled 80 percent of it and used most of joss whedon's rewrites once he took the helm entirely when you know zach Snyder had to step away so it is probably going to be a very different film will it be very better no <laughs> do you think that's where I come in on this because I'm like, this guy, Zack Snyder, like, like he lacks the fundamental grasp of who these characters are and he has from the start. Like he clearly doesn't get who Superman is. He clearly doesn't get who Batman is. So I don't want to see him take the characters that he's built up that no one likes, 
and aren't the characters we love and then do more with them. I'm like, this was the whole point of all these rewrites was to try and get the characters back to the ones we like and the ones we know. Yeah. So it's this weird cognitive dissonance thing where people are like, well, it's his vision that we want to see. It's his vision, which is going to be good. But it's going to be good in within the constraints of how bad those other films were because <laughs> yeah. it's just a continuation of them. Like if I have a house built of shit and then somebody comes along and builds a conservatory of glass and I'm like, no, I want my conservatory built of shit. <laughs> that conservatories also can only be so good because it's going to be made of shit. Yeah, and you'll get poo on the windows. <laughs> but <laughs> That was a good metaphor because you can't see outside it because it's shit. <laughs> And it stinks. It's really smelly. It's that, well, that too. All, all the all the downs, downsides of having shit as a conservatory. I think what's astonishing is how the cast are rally, rallying behind him as well, as if you know they've been really hard done by as well by this whole experience. As if it's, they didn't film another version, release it, stand by it, make money off it, and go to home press like, tour. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I I was never involved in that. <laughs> like it's it's and now like the person who's been the most kind of. You know the way you can you can get a beat on what people actually think based on how actively they're tweeting. Like Jason Moore seems to be a big fan of, and like you know, fair enough, they probably got on great because they worked for multiple films together to kind of you know get to this point. He's like tweeting, he's like, "Yes, come on, I'm Jason Moore, surfing and Zach, and let's do this thing." And then Ben Affleck is just released as Snyder Cut, like he, and it's been <laughs> the same thing. His he, he's probably only tweeted maybe three times in the last year and a half, and it's just been the same thing, copy and paste every time release the Snyder Cut. I'm That's Ben Affleck. because he's like... This is the... He's just like, guys, can we give this a fucking rest? Can I move on with my fucking life? You're still contractually obliged to actually do this tweet. You have you have to do it or we're going to take that 10 million right back off you if you don't tweet this. This guy went to rehab throughout the process of making this film and like he got involved in a big breakup and everything. He's like, I, oh, don't, I just want this to end. Please. I just don't want to be Batman anymore. Oh, sure. He left the Batman standalone movie because he was just sick of people asking him about Batman. <laughs> he's like trying to make other movies and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, Ben. What about Batman though? He's just like, no, no, I'm trying to make other stuff before. Like we're working on it. He's like, we don't care about your other stuff, Ben. I don't want to hear about this passion project of yours, Ben. All right. Get on the bat suit and tell me what you think it is. Like. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I brought a cowl, put it on there and tell me what the fuck is going on with Batman. I just, God, that, I actually feel really bad for him. Poor old Robert Pattinson's getting the bloody, getting brought through the mud as well now. Loads of people are talking about how he's going to be shit at Batman because he jokingly said in an interview that during quarantine, he's not working out as much and now everyone's like he's not fit enough to play batman he doesn't care at all and it's like oh guys why do they on. care he he's not gonna be able to film it for months and they're like currently worried now that he oh god people need to play really well they'll just cg fix him anyway like he'll probably work out and then they'll cg it anyway so it doesn't make a difference at this point he's gonna be in a fucking suit it'll be padded it'll be, he'll be fine I'm not worried about it. Um, I just want to say another thing about like kind of what the precedent that this Zack Schneider cut is doing to the cinema world. Because have you seen now that is it David Ayer? Is that his name who did Suicide Squad? <laughs> also, also not a good director. <laughs> not, exactly. But now he's come out and said, "Well, it'll be really easy to release my cut of Suicide Squad because my original was left on the cutting room floor and blah 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 blah." Like. Where does this where does this end? Are we going to get the bloody Josh Trank cut of Fantastic Four? Like all these crap films that That's can get wheeled point. back out. I don't know. I, all I know is that David Ayer started as like a hairdresser in the army, so I don't know what his credentials are and how he got to this point. But like, what what is it? What does he do? That was oh, he did Fury. That was interesting. Oh, Bright was the one he did after 
Suicide Squad. That so, was a, a stunning track record. So yeah, yeah, okay. He did End of Watch, which was good. I'll give him that. That one was good fun. Yeah, I, I, it's it's like that kind of like does is this the is this the kind of waterfall effect where now we've got all these guys just just gagging to release what they considered the original version. I did more air quotes, guys. By the way, loves his air quotes today. You know, you can you can quote me on it if you want, but I'm telling you, these guys are going to come in the droves to or at least it'll be happening behind the scenes we won't be aware of it but people looking for the release of these original pictures and what's happened is you the reason it could work is because you have all these streaming services services looking to get these as base to sign people up so hbo max got there first but look netflix would buy any shite to sell oh, on like netflix they would buy anything they can't do that anyway they like hbo max took like i guess a remade version of a movie but anytime a movie is just not considered good or filmable netflix was like yep no we'll take that absolutely we'll take that like in a heartbeat but you can just make three versions of a film and re-release the same film like it's <laughs> it's bullshit oh we, we do it release it oh, i don't like that i will just do it again that's 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 not fair that's bullshit but here's the question i suppose how different do you think this is going to be and what do you think the story will actually be like how is it going to be different to what we to got? be honest i think it will be very different because the whole way along Zack schneider has said that doomsday is going to actually be the real villain in this because if you look at the actual justice league film that was released steppenwolf is the villain and he's so half-baked and half-assed you can tell he's not really meant to be the antagonist because who would possibly have that guy as an antagonist against the group that includes superman and wonder woman and batman and stuff you know so he is a big fan of justice he is a big fan of justice but all that stuff all that that kind of schmaltzy stuff that's going to be gone now you know because you're going to get more grit and darkness and depression and i I don't want that (laughs) you've enough of that life as your as it is that is my life yeah i don't need that i mean you know superman wears his underwear on his outside i do that i just wear underwear so like i don't want that on the outside (laughs) outside of the real world you just wear underwear yeah uh, I I don't know. I think it's gonna be weird because is I mean like Superman's a good good talking point around like a, a big hinge point I think in terms of how they'll differ is like we were supposed to get the Superman in the black suit what's what's that version of him that he's called I, I mean there there is there is definitely a name on it but I don't know what that is but basically it's just after he he, he in the comics actually died and then three different versions of Superman came back it was called oh. War to Superman yada 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 but anyway I think that's the kind of thing they're going to follow here as well because there was loads of set pictures of him in the black suit yeah and like they made a big deal Henry Cavill tweeted like well in advance of like just a picture of a close up of the suit with like it was the black mesh and crests and everything and it sent you know Twitter into a frenzy I'm hoping that they just despite what happened with the previous production that they actually CGI a mustache back onto the original filmed versions of Superman so we get, just to complete that look, he's in the black suit and he has a mustache, just as a middle finger to the studio. <laughs> and so people people will know that the mustache was CG'd out and then CG'd back in. Just yeah. the thought of that alone, I would probably watch it for that. Oh, me too. That would get me in. And I think what's interesting as well as it would prove that it's much easier to CGI on a mustache rather than take one off. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, I'm just trying to think of other things other than to say, you know, Apart from I mustache you a question and stuff like that. Jesus Christ. Do you know what's interesting yeah. is like, so we have this big rally behind Zach and he seems to be really on the bandwagon. Like, I mean, he, this is hilarious because he kind of led to his own demise here. He made some bad films and now he's acting like, like, is this, he's like, oh, like, I can't wait to release my vision. Like, it's finally happening. And like, he would always like keep, kind of keep the flames, you know, alive by just, tweeting little suggestions and like vague comments but you know over the last... fire yeah just just to make it look like 
oh don't oh yeah like i was hurt don't but don't don't you worry i'm aware of it we're like it sounds like you went took a direction that did not land but now you're trying to use a previous movie as an excuse for your own mistakes even though that was your movie you released just a different version of your own work and now it's like this big thing Ugh, it's so messed up Anyway, he even did it. He he was he's even trying to start to keep trying to keep fanning those flames. He did a viewing party of Man of Steel on YouTube the other day. Yeah, yeah, that's where he started talking about first. It's like get out of here, man. That's that is not on. And as I said, every other director is now going to just say the same thing. Oh, Fantastic Four, Josh Trank. Well, obviously his vision was brilliant, not the one that was released. Same thing with David Ayer with Suicide Squad. I mean, what you can't stop drawing that line then. After every every director could come out and say, oh, why. Back to the Future 3, when I directed that all those years ago, it was not my original vision. Like, ugh. It oh, annoys wow. me. Anyway, uh, yeah. Rob, shall shall we move on from this yeah, topic? Yeah, we'll, keep, we, we'll, stop flogging, our... we'll stop flogging that dead horse. What else you got it there? Do, it, it does frustrate me. But Rob, I want to move into one of our lockdown segments now. Okay. One that's called, Rob, This Is Your Life. <laughs> so this is the segment where I try to ascertain Rob's personality by asking him a series of questions from a website about, like, what superhero are you, what transformer are you, and so on and so on. Yeah. Hey, Ross, will you remind the audience uh, what superhero I got last week? And Yeah, so we did a BuzzFeed quiz last week, and Rob got Captain America. And who did you get? I got Darkwing Duck. And, okay, <laughs> I actually put a, to- a-, a poll up on Twitter and... St- Ask people which did I think I was more like Darkwing Duck or you were more like Captain America? And like sixty something percent of people said I was more like Darkwing Duck than you were Captain America. Oh, so. I agree with that. I'm not. I mean, do I remotely look like Captain America? Physically, immediately, that's a big not. Yeah, <laughs> physically, I resemble a duck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was. It was a no-brainer to give you that one. That's fair. But listen, I, I'm excited for this quiz. I'm very excited. Again, I haven't told Rob what this is. I'm pretty sure he forgot about it as well, just by the look, judging by the look on his face there. Yeah, yeah, you um, caught me off guard. So th- this week is everyone's personality matches one of these six sitcoms. Okay. Which one are you? So okay. I did this earlier, and I got the US office. Oh, that's a great... Oh, you're already winning. Okay. Now, from scientific rigor, obviously, I had to use the same website, so it's another BuzzFeed link, because, you know, <laughs> that matters. Oh, Yes. You ready for this, Rob? Absolutely. There's much less questions this week as well, so it's much Thank easier. Thank God. Are they as yes. weird as last week? No, they're actually pretty okay this time. So, Rob, okay, pick a job. Writer, architect, teacher, influencer, party planner, or lawyer? <sighs> architect. You like the buildings. Indeed. Pick a European city to vacation in. Amsterdam, oh. Rome, Budapest, Lisbon, Reykjavik, or Edinburgh? Uh... Wow. Give me Rekovic. Pick a 2018 movie. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, A Quiet Place, A Star is Born, oh. Crazy Rich Asians, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, or Black Panther. We know what one you picked. Um, yes, we do. Give me a, qui- <laughs> a Quiet Place. Okay, this one's hard. Pick a Netflix original. Grace and Frankie, One Day at a Time, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Queer Eye, Big Mouth, or Friends from College? Fucking hell, I haven't watched any of those. I know, I saw about two episodes of Friends from College. I've seen I've seen some clips of Big Mouth, so I'll go with Big Mouth. I actually knew you'd pick that. Oh, wow, okay, fair enough. 
I think this is the second last question here. Great so pick a trait progress. you most dislike in others. Lateness, <laughs> rudeness, messiness, stubbornness, selfishness, or being narrow-minded. <laughs> messiness. What? Oh, Jesus. Uh, pick something to spend loads of money on. Beautiful clothes, a house, <laughs> a fancy car, a trip around the world, a business you're passionate about, or doing something for the community. Um, a house. I feel like you've been very real with these. And then finally, yeah, I, th- I am. It's supposed to be. I got to be authentic. These, this is these. Are, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So finally, pick a popular sitcom from the nineties. That seventies show, Third Rock from the Sun, The Nanny, Friends, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, or Frasier. Ah, oh, I have to go with Friends on that one. Have to. Rob. Yes. Hello, I'm here. You also got the office. <laughs> <laughs> what does okay, that mean? That's what pretty that? good. That's good. Okay, we're, we 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 lined up on that one. That's great. So, what does that mean? Your personality description here: you aren't the loudest person in any given room, <laughs> but you never fail to make the people you know well laugh. Ah. You hate fuss and you don't like to be the center of attention. Uh, yet people are nonetheless <laughs> drawn to your quiet confidence. While you do have big dreams, you also know how important it is to find the joy in the small everyday moments of life do you know what i'll give some credit for the i mean the bullshit in terms of how it aligns with how i answer those questions but i definitely enjoyed the bit about uh i'm the low fuss side of things that's <laughs> that speaks to me in volumes it's like let's everybody just stop fussing when everybody stop fussing please for a second fair play buzzfeed you know what i'm not gonna say i like you guys but fair play fair play and that does kind of sound like captain america I, I i sense very similar sounding personality traits there that's true god could you imagine him working in that office with steve Carell? just captain oh, america I you meant in the buzzfeed office <laughs> 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 well either or to be honest <laughs> whichever you think is more exciting it's like controlled by hydra if you hover over the BuzzFeed logo on the website, uh, just for a few extra seconds, a little pop-up that says Hail Hydra just appears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you know. They are the criminal underbelly. I actually put that on our website. <laughs> That's. I hope so. I hope so. We'll know the real people who follow us if they say Hail Hydra when they email yeah. us. We say Hail, Hail Hydra, and then after that, we always say, right, after the racists. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially the same hand movement they do, so let's be honest. Oh, it. it absolutely Come is. On. It absolutely is. So what I'm going to do after the end of about five or six of these is that I'm going to collate them all together and mm. see what kind of personality traits we can have for Rob. Wow. Um, I might even do one at the end where I answer it based on answers I think he'd give and see if it matches up with what he gives himself. Oh, so we can great. really get an idea of what kind of person Rob really is. I'm excited. I'm, not only am I recording your podcast, but I'm also discovering myself in lockdown, which is very thrilling. Yeah. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> look i'm not just a pretty face or am i a pretty face <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you'll have to answer our quiz to, to figure that one out i think a buzzfeed quiz <laughs> are yeah, you a how, pretty how face how pogogly are you <laughs> and with that rob we move on into yet another of our lockdown segments and this one Can't i wait. think you're going to love because I'm excited you didn't see any of this no as as per usual <laughs> 
As per usual. That's why I like this so much, because I'm on this side and you're on that side. <laughs> Just being sprung with all these surveys. <laughs> Secretly I think Ross is like he's like he's like a he's like a private investigator. And this whole thing is an elaborate ruse. <laughs> he's just quizzing me. Secretly he's like, Oh you know, don't worry, you're getting these weird personality tests, but really he's actually stealing my identity. So <laughs> I'm just a Facebook created profile. I'm not a real person here. <laughs> Also, I'm glad you said a private detective and not a private dick because I obviously would have done something with that joke. So, I can queue it up later and we can edit it in if you want to. So we can always return to it. Are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com. They Call This A Movie testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time i think it's okay but this section is one we like to call i could do this all day you can save the cow you can save all of them one shall stand one shall fall i can do this all day fight where basically we pit like characters against each other. So before it was film characters, but today it's going to be TV characters. And we yes. asked the great people of Twitter, and my God, we got some insanely good suggestions. Oh dearie me! Oh dearie me is right. So Rob, I want to, I want to, I pitched this first one, so I just want to go through it because I want to get your kind of thoughts on it because okay. I really, really like this one. Oh, lovely! So for our first fight, and again, there's no rules to this, guys. <laughs> that's an important detail <laughs> there definitely are no rules to most things I think as we approach this but yeah <laughs> to this entire podcast so for fight one and this is my suggestion who would win between Chandler Bing from Friends and Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec <laughs> <laughs> yes I God, I'm already imagining how funny that would just be to watch. It'd be so pathetically fantastic. Because <laughs> I've I'm I've started to rewatch Parks and Rec with the lady, so I'm kind of rediscovering how wonderful those characters are. And then on the flip side, I guess you're reminded of <laughs> what those particular quirks were. Um, have you already come to a conclusion, Ross, on what you kind of felt this was? You know. You've already decided your answer on this one, I take it. I have, yes. So you've given some thought. Okay, give me a second. Um, who would win, ultimately? So what I'll do is I'll list out their strengths while you're trying to think through that. The strengths or weaknesses, okay? So Chandler, I mean, Chandler's definitely, he's, he's able to deride people a lot, okay? So he would be, he'd be all over Tom's case. And Tom, he takes things to heart very easily. So he, he, would, be, he would be hurt by that, if I'm going to be honest. Yes, but Tom is willing to shoot a man in the head. That's what I keep thinking of. <laughs> I think Tom would convince Chandler to go on a hunting trip, and then Tom would straight up shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> I could, and that's a thing. I I believe so. That's that's and that's that's in canon. <laughs> that's not even that, a that's in ca- in canon. <laughs> um, Sorry, so in barrel. Is that, is, is that your way of saying that you think Tom Haverford would win? I think. Uh, Chandler would try and kill him with sarcasm and then Tom would flip and just but just absolutely just pellet him in the face with a hunting rifle. That seems fair. I, I also <laughs> believe that Tom Haverford would win this battle. I think he can just reach 
deeper, deeper levels of despair than than Chandler could. I think Chandler's sarcasm would keep him at a constant. And I don't, I don't know if I could actually see him bringing himself to yeah. kill somebody. With Tom he wouldn't Haverford. take it seriously enough. He wouldn't take the contest seriously enough. He would just quip and joke until he gets bested. Like, think about the episode where Tom has to go toe-to-toe with Ron Swanson in researching, you know, dirt on the other. Tom yeah. levels that playing field against the one and only Ron Swanson. He discovers Duke Silver. <laughs> That's Ron Swanson's alter ego. So, like, you know, Tom is capable of doing the research to undermine somebody. I don't think... I think Chandler is too erratic and too scatty to be able to organize himself to beat somebody else. Like, he is a complete loser. And I mean that in the most heartfelt way. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree on that. Like he, he's he, like he never really learns to overcome either. I guess. I mean, yeah. he kind of finds Monica and he finds his place. Whereas yeah. Tom Haverford definitely learns to overcome what could be his foibles and his stuff like that. You know, and by the end of it, he is. I'm not going to say a better man, but he's on the path to being a better yeah, man. Yeah, he's a successful entrepreneur, restaurant successful entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 winds up nicely. So. He learns from his failures where Chandler doesn't. So if Chandler tried a weapon and didn't work or whatever, he'd probably just give up. But Tom Haverford would learn and he would get that gun and cock it and back of the head, boom, he would chill can kill Chandler <laughs> Bing. <laughs> that is a great that's a great matchup, I have to say. Who else we got in there? Oh, okay. So this is to, not to always use parks and rec ones, but I was actually I have f- no issue with that. Yeah, that's fine. A friend of mine text me this ages ago when I said the movie ones and said if you do TV ones can you please include this so Ashling, this is for you okay Ashling. so no Ron pressure. Swanson from Parks and Rec okay against Frank from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> so I this I just loved I loved this because look I'm a big I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan mm-hmm. but I am also a huge Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan I would argue you probably veer for me more towards Sunny versus Parks. I th- I think so. I think I would. Yes. In mm. fact, I bought a, I bought an all the Sunny in Philadelphia Paddy's Pub T-shirt just today. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So this one this one is going to be tough because Ron Ron is just excellent. I I love Ron Swanson. He's probably the best character in Parks and Rec for me. I I love him. Every episode he's brilliant. He's certainly the most original, comfortably. And like that, they're that all Nick great. Offerman is just outrageously good as the character <laughs> but Frank from All the Sunny is an animal he's just a depraved <laughs> senseless animal who would do anything it's, a, it's do an anything. amazing oh it's an amazing clash of someone who's just infinitely prepared has all the tools <laughs> is like a survivalist a hunter uh, extremely clever and like patient and then you've got this what is essentially a rabid animal that would, <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That would fake its own death to, you know, to just to slip under the radar of Ron, to like, like he's such a straight up maniac, and like he'd be so much quicker to kill than I think Ron would. Ron would be more calculated. I still think, I think if it was gonna play out in some way, Ron would have him. Like it'd literally be a case of Ron going on a hunt. Not to bring up the, that analogy again, but like they'd be dropped into like some scenario and you know frank would just go wild into the woods like he would just go full <laughs> feral because that's his natural habitat. yeah frank would start full feral exactly <laughs> i get worse <laughs> i like ron has like all the hunting gear and, the, and like and he would slowly track him and like he would definitely find him and hunt him but i just think 
like what would end up happening was this i think would nearly be a stalemate where he might shoot and like or trap and shoot frank assuming he's dead with like you know a very calculated critical shot but then frank bites him and frank has like rabies or something and that slowly kills ron like it wouldn't be a physical besting it'd be a disease that he (laughs) makes him with or like ron would be so disgusted so disgusted by this half human creature that's in front of him just to just watch like he'd what he'd try and do is prep in advance and like look day to day to see what frank was doing and he'd be so just vilely disgusted by it that it would actually like it would corrupt him inside as a human psychologically that's a really good point oh my god you've you've hit the nail on the head there it'd be so Ron would scout him out, like he would track him daily and start try to like diary his sort of routine, his activities, and would just be so rattled by how random and erratic he is, <laughs> and like it's untrackable. And oh god, man, there's something so viscerally slimy and drooly about that about Frank that I find personally so unsettling. It's Have tough you seen to watch. the fame? The, it is tough to watch. Uh, have you seen the famous the couch one where he's sewing himself into the leather couch? And he comes Ugh. out completely naked, covered in sweat. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls. When, when yeah, he uh, comes Ace out the, comes out with the back of the, the rhino. rhino. It's what I think of when I think of that. It's like it's much more gratuitous. Like I mean, Ugh. you know, in the Penguin in Batman Returns, when he goes half feral and he's eating fish like a crazy man. That's Ugh. the way Frank is all yeah. the time. It's like, that's such a good comparison. So that's that's obviously a character choice that <laughs> Danny DeVito falls back on a lot. It's just <laughs> slimy, drooly visceral shittiness but you know what what are we thinking here i'm thinking ron swanson tracks him perfectly gets a trap kills him dead but because of the horrific disgustingness he's seen the ptsd gets to even ron he can't handle it and unfortunately he suffers a nervous breakdown so weirdly frank dies ron survives but who comes off better frank Exactly. That's a I love. I, I love that. I love that. That's perfect. Ding for ding those ding two ding ding. That's that's that decided. Excellent. Oh okay, my god. These, so this is the best. Oh, this game is fantastic. Like we don't need to be recording this for me to just give you a call <laughs> and ask for some more of these. <laughs> but you should see the absolute amount that I have here. Here is one. I think this one specifically, you will really enjoy this. Okay. Okay. Great. So this is for, this. I love this one. So this is from the the Culture Quest podcast. And uh, <gasps> thank we you, might folks. Have yeah, we might have something more on those guys at some stage in the future, is all I'll say. Um, oh, teaser. So, how about the janitor from Scrubs? Okay, already, am, already on board. Dwight Schrute from The Office in a Fight <laughs> to the Death. <laughs> These are so good. Oh my god. As it turns out, you can have far more fun with TV characters. I think that's already been decided because they're more think- established. They're yeah, more random. The randomness yeah, yeah. of all this. more random. Oh, again, you've got that parallel of someone who just has a lot of knowledge versus someone who's just very random and hard to figure. And I'm not sure if I've said this before the podcast, but fun fact about Neil Flynn, who plays the janitor, but uh, he was so good at being random and improvising lines that at, it got to a point where in a lot of scenes, they wouldn't have a set line written for him. Everybody else has like their notes, everything perfectly mapped out. But instead for like, it'd be like JD says this line. And then for the janitor, all it would say is whatever Neil says and just let him riff. He was that random. That's him in real life. (laughs) That's not even the character. Also, of course, the, the original plan for the janitor was for him to exist only in JD's head. So for the first series, I don't think anybody else addresses him. Is that right? Oh my God. That's so true. 
Boom. Now, I see it. now I'm trying to think of what you know. What 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 are the weapons and the skill sets at their disposal? So what are you leaning towards straight away? What's your I'm, first? Am I in, my gut is absolutely the janitor. Like oh, me too. Me right too. Right out the gate because um, Dwight, while he talks a big talk, like he's he's like he's a deputy sheriff. He but he's not really. It's like fake. You know, he acts like a good tracker and hunter, but he's actually quite inept at a lot of those things. I think Dwight talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk. Whereas the janitor has proven to be ingenious when it comes to trapping and <laughs> snaring JD. I think quite fondly of the time he turned him into an American flag. Amazing. That was a mix of both ingenuity, home and own levels of sort of sequencing, and just physical ability. Just to sw- <laughs> He literally rapples down, swings, catches him, and mounts him a flagpole on one fell swoop. I think as good as that content is and as entertaining as it would be, I think the janitor does take that one a bit more comfortably than some of the other fights. Because as well as that, like even as a, just a stature, the janitor always seems like a guy. Even JD doesn't really want to get on the wrong side of. Like yeah. there is a low key. He's I'm, imposing. He's tall. Yeah, imposing is the word I'm looking for. Whereas Dwight is just so, he's so laughable as a human. You know what I mean? And he always kind of breaks down, and he doesn't like yeah, like you said, he talks a talk, and oh, I can do this, I can do this. But whenever it comes to a situation that he needs to do anything, he just kind of shouts for Michael and can't really actually handle anything. Actually, that's okay. That's a huge point. Dwight is infinitely gullible, and the janitor is a master liar. So already he would like he would just convince Dwight to just off himself if it came to it. Like it's that's yeah. The janitor would definitely take that one. I'm confident. I would like to see the fight to the death, though. I I I do feel like Dwight would try to put up a fight because he know people would be looking. Whereas the janitor probably wouldn't even think twice about it. He just wouldn't mm. care. I just don't think he. He just it would just be another day to him, another thing to clean up afterwards. Like yeah, I know, but he'd have like a, a, a like a, a gun descri- dis- disguised as like a, a, a taxidermy rabbit, <laughs> just in his back pocket, ready to go. <laughs> I like that. I really enjoyed that one though. That's a really good matchup. I would love to see that. Oh, be so Because the same good. thing, like what could actually end up happening if it wasn't a fight to the death. I can see the janitor kind of going, okay, you know what. I'm going to take down Jim for you. So I could see the janitor starting to play some pranks on Jim for Dwight. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then reaching levels of like snowman prank from from Dwight. That was his best work, I think. That really rattled Jim and he never gets rattled because he sees through it normally. But having that extra intelligence from the janitor, my God, he'd be completely unhinged by the end of a season. It'd be amazing. He'd be unstop- unhinged and unstoppable. Unstoppable. Oh, I love it. That's right. a great pairing. That's a- that's a great one. Thanks again, the Culture Quest podcast. Um, right, we do one more. Yeah, we'll sneak in another one. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's so many here. There's some I haven't seen. Like, so I was saying this to the person on Twitter. So it was, uh, what's your spaghetti policy? Anyway, what? I think that's a podcast. Yeah, at Spag Policy Pod. Is it? Yeah, that, that's what it says here. Wow. Um, I have to look into that one. John Ralphio and Mona Lisa versus, obviously, in Parks and Rec versus Riley and Jonesy from Letter Kenny. I've never even heard of Letterkenny, have you? Okay, Letterkenny is this amazing show set in sort of the, the countryside of Canada. So a lot of A's yeah. and O's. What do you do today? And like, I, I haven't watched it religiously, but the show is very funny. But I couldn't with confidence, you know, map out that, that contest. Yeah, um, because I said, I, I didn't, I haven't seen it. And I even said it's funny though, because there's a Letterkenny in Ireland, of course. So somebody oh, said yeah, it's in that's Canada. True, yeah, they said, again, that podcast said it's excellent. It's really funny. They mentioned the place. They actually mentioned Letter Kenny in Ireland in the show. So that sounds kind of cool. Oh, okay, okay, I'll go for one more that I know. 
that. Okay, this is actually really, I really like this one. Okay. Again, it's from somebody who I already used before, but look, just because it's a really good one. So this is from Just Joe again, which is at Defeenster. So thanks again for this. It's Garrett from the UK office. You've seen the UK office, right? Um, yes. Yes. So it's Garrett from the UK office versus Rodney from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> now, I think the best thing about this is that even if they didn't fight... I, I kind of extrapolated it out to imagine then David Brent versus Del Boy. Because they would be calling the shots ultimately. Like they'd be 100%. in the background anyway. Okay. What I love is just the physical matchup there is so similar. So props already. Two giants. Like the two lanky bastards just sort of flapping at each other, whatever they do. I don't know what tall guys do. <laughs> flapping at each other. <laughs> okay. You know? <laughs> so, for this one, I, I, I already have... Because it's the same kind of thing with Dwight. He's the same kind of character. He's a lot of talk and stuff like that. Whereas, uh, Rodney is more of a... Like, he's actually more of a gentle soul, shall we say. Yeah. But at the same time, I reckon if he had to... Obviously, because of the life and the upbringing that him and Delby had, I could definitely see him being able to... He could turn full London in a heartbeat, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because he does, he does have that kind of demeanor as like a, a person who has that look, the stare, you know, that kind of t- the thousand eye stare, as they say, yeah. or the thousand I guess yard he, stare. He, yeah, he's he's kind of the foil to Delboy in the sense he has to be that he's the softer side. I guess. like I don't have a huge, I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of all the foods. I just haven't watched it a lot more than anything, not not out of any particular reason. But I've always been aware of like. Their whole contrast is that he's kind of the the softer side to the the coarseness that is Del Boy, right? So yeah, I, to your point though, would that carry through in a fight, or would he just flip? He'd one hundred percent flip. I, I I firmly believe this. I Rodney would definitely have it in him to take. Um, what's his name? I always forget his name. Gareth, Gareth is that? Gareth, I think yeah. Gareth would just. I think Gareth would just be too lazy about the whole situation. I think he'd just be way too chilled and bored, and then he'd just get offed. That's just how it'd be quite. It'd be quite straightforward. <laughs> but Garrett, of course, was also probably in a little bit of good shape because he was in Pirates of the Caribbean as an unkillable, unkillable pirate. So I know. Don't know, don't know if that carries over <laughs> with a dodgy here, eye. With a dodgy eye, that's true. Or a wooden eye, or whatever it was. Dodgy would suggest it still works. Dodge, uh, no, it's just a wooden eye. He, did, he only has one working eye. Yeah, but I, I think I think I'll give this one to Rodney because I can see. Yeah, I don't think Garrett has the much physicality about him. And again, he's yeah. like a very... Because him and Dwight are the same kind of underlying character. But like mm. I said about this, the funniest part is that I can see behind each of them, like a Pokemon trainer. I can see Delby and Like a Pokemon friend, trainer. You know what I mean? Behind them, telling them what to do and kind of not fighting themselves, but at the same time, like having a kind of mental belt battle. You know what I mean? Mm. Which... Delboy is winning hundred percent of the time as well. Just so that's just so we're clear on that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an that's a no contest. But that's a good. They'd be a good pairing to have a conversation. Those two characters, even mm. just to watch David Brent and Delboy interact, would be humorous as they both try and kind of one up one another instead of in front of everybody. Like, actually, it'd be great to see that actor play. I forget his name, plays Delboy to see him feature in like a or unless maybe he has already, but to feature in a Ricky Gervais comedy, I think that'd be. Really interesting. Okay, I think we leave it there. There's so many more to go through. They're but, great. Uh, obviously, we're 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 running out of time here. But thank you so so much to everybody, and we will yeah, do this again. again soon enough because mm-hmm. Jason Alexander is the guy's name. Uh, but thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, this has been absolutely amazing. Keep them coming because we will <laughs> we will get through them. 
Uh, oh, thanks 100%. a lot for all your your your, your suggestions, uh, and hopefully you're enjoying this segment as much what as else we, are. we got them before we go, Rob. I think we just need to wrap up with our other final segment. It's a very segment. It's like an orange. This episode, just so many segments. But might as well ra- <laughs> might as well just wrap it up with the, the final one, just to close it out. And this is one that I've uh, just quite quite beautifully called. Hey Ross. Hey Ross. Look at these. <laughs> Um, where I send Ross a random clip or something or other that I found on YouTube and I get him to talk us through it and try and describe what he saw. So, Ross, what did you think of what I sent you this week? <laughs> Rob, <laughs> I think you well know you made my night by sending me that video. I know. <laughs> it, it's a video called Blood Machines. Right. I had never heard of this, didn't know what to expect when I clicked it. And and the second I clicked it, I was like, I know what I know what this is. And it was weird because it's a it's a weird retro space opera trailer yeah. for this just insane starship flying through space <laughs> with all these crazy lights and neon stuff and there's like retro eighties music playing. Mm. But I knew that I recognized it from somewhere and it came up and said that the, the soundtrack is done by Carpenter Brut. Yes. I'm a big, huge fan of Carpenter Brut. And he had a song called Turbo Killer a few years ago. And the video for that song was directed by the same guy and is a bit used in it and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just a pure amazingness. It's done in the kind of vein of, of Turbo Kid, which I always talk That's about. That's what inspired. The, I was like, this is perfect for you. Because it, it's that lo-fi, you know, you know, BC budget film, but with that really charming... And kind of weirdly up, upper quality kind of aesthetic to it. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's cheap, but it doesn't look overly cheap. Like like Kung Fury. If you've seen Kung Fury, it's yeah, yeah. very in the vein of Kung Fury. But oh, like, incredibly stylish. Like, incredibly stylish. But this this has Ross written all over it. I'm a sucker for it. As soon as I clicked it, I was like, I hope Rob doesn't expect me to not like this. Because I am... No, no, no. I, I, was, I, I wanted it to catch you off guard because you were expecting something terrible. But then you were like, oh, what is this going to be? And it's just magic for a minute and a half. <laughs> because it's like the way you said magic for a minute and a half. It's it's pure, unfiltered imagination. And usually that's not a good thing, like in the case of Zack Snyder. But because it's just <laughs> a go. group of... Yeah, but because it's a group of people getting together and like celebrating something, it's just... Oh, it, was, it was so excellent. As soon as you sent it, I was like, yes, thank mm. you, Rob. Thank you very much for introducing me to this because I didn't know about it. So yeah, so yeah, it's a film called Blood Machines. It's only about an hour long. Um, it's been described as a cyberpunk's wet dream. So there you go. <laughs> Take from that what you will. I guess I'm uh, a cyberpunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done. No, it, it just looks really interesting. Like it's clearly like it's it's this very kind of you know those it's it's a blend of it's a sci-fi musical but it's got a blend of horror in there as well so it's got it's got that oozy sort of wet sticky kind of physical kind of aesthetic that you know those cheap gory horror films have but set in like this really cool sci-fi universe and it's got it's like a complete kaleidoscope of colors to quote back the beer it looks it looks all the callbacks we're doing oh man i tell you it, uh, it's it it just looks really interesting and like like visually arresting just let let alone like the the i you know how the actual movie tur- turns out but um it's one of those really clever uses of like small miniatures that they've blown up to like but you know it's physical sets that they've just you know tweaked and adjust and it looks like really good i was trying to find the budget for you um and because because see. because they're done in that 80s style it's meant to look a little bit 
all out of place. So you know what I mean? It's it's meant to, to to have that grainy old film effect. So it's not supposed to look too high budget. So it gets away with not having the budget like. Oh yeah, like it wears its cheapness on its sleeve a little bit. Like that's exactly. part of the charm. But um yeah, the, I mean the the soundtrack will rope people in alone. Like you're like to your point, like you've got this this really impressive like synthwave artist, this carpenter brute guy. I'd heard of him before, but I didn't. It, that's how it drew me into this film I found out this just purely coincidentally separately but that's so good he did the so music for good. a video game called Fury if you've ever played it I know it but I haven't played it oh my god I, god you've just reminded me about that actually I think the developer behind that was very weird with tweets we'll get to that another day back okay. to the race he, he, he visited the racists oh, I think one of you but yeah no I just thought it, I thought it was super interesting right up your alley as well and I'm just really going. I'm going to see if I can track down the full movie somewhere uh, to watch oh, it's, it. I it's, think. I think you knew straight away. You were like, "This is for us." So yeah, and I think this is a nice opportunity to like. Yeah, I was like, we, I was like, we can talk about other stuff that's not too mainstream. It doesn't have to be all Justice League and fucking Marvel. We can we can delve into the the weird, the the B side. Of yeah, the kind of terrible yeah. kid side of yeah, things. Yeah, you know, the absolutely. Kind of but yeah, I thought it was super interesting, and I'm like, I, we should have to do like a viewing session of that one of the days because it looks incredible happy days um but look i think with that rob we'll we'll say we'll leave it there we will leave it there i think i'm happy enough and yeah. um, thanks so much everybody for listening i uh, hope you're getting oh, through the lockdown okay and this kind of gives you a little bit of respite and um, you know we'll be we'll be get we'll get there soon enough i think it's going the right direction as they say but mm. yes rob tell the people where they can find our series and our shows and all that jazz oh boy boy uh, <laughs> so listen if you want to listen to us best place to go soundcloud spotify apple uh, itunes and podcasts google play uh, pod uh, pod chaser we're on the Podtail list there oh no Podtail is another player we're on a tune in basically anywhere you can get like good podcasts you'll find us on them typically and we're not even good J- joke yeah <laughs> joking um but uh, we also have a website capunderstands.com we got some little nuggets there and you can listen to the episodes there as well and uh, we've got uh, twitter as well ask cap understands so that's where ross does all the polls and the, the questions so if you want to for example contribute to our, our our tv battle royales that kind of thing the you know um i could do this all day mashups please get involved in the conversation that's what it's all about yeah we really do value your contributions everybody if we do try our best to get to them all and we will cover them all don't worry we obviously don't know every show or every film that comes up yeah we try we try our best yeah we try our best so thank you for all that yes Um, thank you and i guess there's only one thing left to say and that is that i've been ross oh and i've been rob uh and this has been i understood that reference thanks so much for listening guys great thanks so much guys Come on, Off Rob. To the racists. Let's go to the racists. <laughs> 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 oh.